So they, they do a good job. So anyways, just a reminder, August 27th, 7 p.m., uh, we will have an ice cream social right after church. Uh, just a couple other announcements. To, uh, for the men, we're having skeet shooting coming up for our men's, uh, uh, men's breakfast. And uh, that is August 19th, 8.30 a.m. And right afterwards, we're going to go out and do some skeet shooting. So anybody like to blow things up? Uh, men? You like, to, you like to blow things up? <laughs> well, I think Randy's going to supply all that. Right, Randy, you're supplying all that, <laughs> the guns? <laughs> uh, just a couple. <laughs> all right, don't forget about men's uh, Bible study, September 2nd at 8.30 in the Fellowship Hall. And then we have our Heart to Heart coming up August 15th. Uh, Leanne Hart will be singing and speaking that, that day. Um, and then August 26th, it's Potluck and Games in the Fellowship Hall. That's at 12 o'clock. Um, again, if you work with, uh, with kids ministry, any form, see Stacy about background checks. We're going to be doing background checks. I got with uh, uh, protectmyministry.com today. It's it, a lot of the, our insurance companies support them. And we, we actually had an account with them in the past. So we've used that before. And even though if you've been a teacher... You still can't transfer your stuff over. You still have to do a background check with protect my protect my ministry, and it's an insurance thing. So, and it stays on there. It's an annual fee. So the wonderful thing is your name stays on there. And then when we have to renew a background check, it's like seven bucks. A um, couple other things on there. August thirtieth, we're doing. Uh, Stacy's doing Bible Quest Crewmates for Christ kickoff, and then also coming up is the Daughters Conference September fifteenth through the sixteenth. It's sixty dollars. Uh, until August 15th, and then it's 80 at the door. There is a sign-up sheet in the foyer. And then uh, one more thing on here. We are going to have a, uh, we're going to be planning for a, a trunk or treat coming up. I don't like to say Halloween night, but it is Halloween night. I like to call it a, uh, what it is, a trunk or treat or harvest festival. And that the whole point is to reach kids for Christ. So that's why we're doing it. Um, let's, let's stomp on Satan's ground a little bit. And let's uh, and we're gonna have tracks out. We're gonna we're already planning it. Shauna and Stacy and I were out here this morning, planning that and where we're gonna have it out here. And the idea is, um, we're not gonna make it too big, but we're gonna make it good enough. And so, just a reminder too, a lot of the churches here in town ran between 250 to 300 kids last year. And kids usually, if they know something's going on, they're gonna they're gonna go from one thing to the next. So we're planning on that. So. We need to start getting candy right away. Candy's expensive, so if you can, buy a bag, buy a bag here, buy a bag there. Um, we could put it in the youth pastor's room until we uh, hire a new youth pastor. Pray about that. I'm going to be setting up a booth uh, down in Sagu, Southwestern Assembly's Got University, to uh, try to recruit a youth pastor. They have a recruiting time down there, and we already have our stuff up online. So just be praying about that. God will re lead the right gal or, or gentleman to our church. All right. Uh, are we ready for worship? Do we do, do we do tithes and offerings on Wednesdays, do you know? No, we don't, okay. All right. Are y'all ready to worship? Father, we come into your house tonight for your presence is already prevalent, God. We just wanna praise your holy name and to give you glory, God, because you're worthy. We thank you, Father, for tonight and for what you're gonna do in Jesus' name, amen.
stand kneel bow in this moment now worshiping our king voices raised let our god be praised is the sound of those redeemed oh with grateful hearts we sing to the one who reigns forever to the one the seas obey to the one who holds the heavens let the nation stand amazed for his mercy and his kindness for his never-ending grace for his love that's ever-reaching oh let our god let our god be praised yes, Lord. Oh, yes, god. Oh, yes, Lord. and by his hand everything began all oh, for his renown yes so weak those broken and in need are no longer bound oh and him the lost are found to the one who holds a heaven to the one the seas obey to the one who holds a heaven let the nations stand amazed for his mercy and his kindness for his never-ending grace for his love that's ever reaching oh let our god let our god be praised we stand among the millions crying holy the redeemed of every nation small and great we cast our crowns before him singing worthy and loudly give our praise and loudly give our praise to the one who reigns forever to the one the seas obey to the one who holds the heavens let the nation stand amazed for his mercy and his kindness for his never-ending grace for his love that's ever reaching oh let our god let our god to the one who reigns forever to the one the seas obey to the one who holds the heavens let the nation stand amazed for his mercy and his kindness for his never-ending grace for his love that's ever reaching oh let our god let our god be praised let our god let our god be Pray. 
praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, Father. There is no way that we can ever express, God, all the things that you are worthy of, Lord. Father, we just want to sing your praises tonight, God. Father, even on a Wednesday, Father, have your way in this service, Lord, and just rain down. Father, just release the Holy Spirit to just move among your people, God. Father, give us a refreshing tonight, Lord. A fresh touch, God, that only you can provide. I don't know how to say exactly how I feel. And I can't begin to tell you what your love has meant. I'm lost for words. Is there a way to show the passion in my heart? Can I express how truly great I think you are, my dearest friend? Lord, this is my desire to pour my love on you like oil upon your feet, like wine for you to drink, like water from my heart. I'll pour my love on you with praises like perfume. I lavish mine on Show this passion in my heart. Can I express how truly great I think you are, my dearest friend? Yes. Lord, this is my desire to pour my love on you like all your feet like wine for you to drink like water from my heart I pour my love on you it praises like perfume I lavish mine on you till every drop is gone I pour my love like oil upon your feet like wine drink like water from my heart I pour my love on you with praises like perfume I lavish mine on you till every drop is gone we're gonna sing it again I pour my love like oil upon your feet like wine for you to drink like water from my heart I pour my love on you it praises like perfume I lavish mine on you till every drop 
sweet spirit of God in here tonight. Lord, we want to be like the lady that, the woman that took the, the flask of oil and poured it on your feet and wiped your feet with her hair from the tears from her eyes. Father, we want to do that to you tonight. Lord, we need to be grateful for what you did on the cross for us. You paid a debt that we can never pay back. We owe you so much. And yet you freely gave us eternal life. So we thank you for that tonight. We thank you for that gift that you've given us. Thank you for the infilling of the Holy Spirit for the sealing of the Holy Spirit, for writing our name in the Lamb's Book of Life. We thank you for that tonight. In the precious name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. You may be seated. Um, just a couple things real quick before we get started. We're going to watch a video, and it's, it's a little long. Um, it's 54 minutes. Um, and normally, I, I, I'm not going to do this all the time, understand that. The reason why I want to show this video is I think it's imperative that we know what's going on today. Now, I'll go back to our teaching next week, but I just, this week, one of my jobs as a pastor is to protect and nurture and take care of you. Um, and if I'm not showing you what's going on in our society today um, and what's going on with where we're at biblically, then I'm not doing my job. So please, I know it's a little long tonight. I normally don't show a video that long. I like to break it up, but I think it'd be good for... And you're not going to see the whole video. What you're going to do is you're going to be listening mostly, but you will see some things that they're going to show. Are you guys okay with that tonight? Pretty good with it. Okay. So here we go. We're going to watch this video. It's from Jan Markell and Michelle Bachman. And then afterwards, we're going to do some answers and questions. Okay? All right. Digital society, a blessing or a curse? We're going to talk about it. It won't be a year from now. Our lives will be completely upended. Absent a miracle or an intervening hand from the Lord, we're looking at, at less than a year at this point of having this full digital passport enforced and actually um, out in play for everyone in the world. Welcome to Understanding the Times Radio with Jan Markell. Radio for the Remnant, brought to you by Olive Tree Ministries. Today, Jan spends the hour with Michelle Bachman. Digital currency must be preceded by a digital identity, and both are not just on the horizon, but implemented in parts of the world. What does this portend for you? A one-world society is being formulated today that leaps from the pages of the Bible 
Here is today's program. And so we set an ambitious goal to cut our greenhouse gas emissions in half by 2030 and to reach net zero emissions by 2050. The investment we are announcing today will help us to achieve these goals and it will do so much more. Because think also about the impact on not only the local economy, not only on an investment in the entrepreneurs and innovators from and in the community, think about the impact on something like public health. When we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population, more of our children can breathe clean air and drink clean water. Glad you could join me for Understanding the Times Radio today. And if you've listened to the program for any length of time, you know I like to feature regular updates from fellow watchmen on the wall, Michelle Bachman, several times a year. We're going to do that today as well. And if you're following the news, you know that there are a dozen breaking stories that are noteworthy. We have a president selling access to our enemies, not for weeks or months, but for years. We have the weaponization of government. We have digital passports on the horizon. Digital IDs are likely coming before digital money. We have the shenanigans of the World Health Organization, the UN, the EU, and the entire globalist cabal wanting to assign, as I said, a digital ID to everyone on Earth. We have the setting of the stage for global government. We have calls to reduce Earth's population, as you just heard from our very own Vice President Kamala Harris actually utter those words when we reduce the population. We have what I believe to be the establishment of the empire spoken about in Revelation 13, a one world system managed by a tyrant, and that is forming as we speak. So much more that I could list here, but we may not get to every bullet point, but we'll cover what we can in the next few moments. Joining me in studio is Michelle Bachman. She's presently Dean of the Robertson School of Government. She served in Congress, representing Minnesota's 6th District, 2007 to 2015, ran for president in 2012, and she's been globetrotting this summer, speaking all over the place, including foreign countries. So I'm so glad, Michelle, you could save some time to come back into the studio here. That's easy. This is a highlight. I love being in the studio with you. Thanks again. Thank you. And you heard Vice President Harris here in that little clip. She says she misspoke and didn't mean to say reduce the population. But you and I know that that is the goal of the secular humanist slash globalist leaders of the world today. Earth has far too many inhabitants and they cannot carry out their agenda without reducing the population, an agenda that is clearly demonic. Your thoughts? It is demonic. And if anyone saw this clip and it's readily available, watch it on YouTube. It is clear that the vice president is reading from a teleprompter. She and the White House are saying that she misspoke, but clearly she is reading the words and saying reduce the population. She isn't the only one who has said that. Bill Gates has been on tape on CNN, as a matter of fact, saying that we have to reduce the world's population, as well as this Harari, who's right. a futurist, as well as other ones who are in this one world cabal. There's a hatred that they have for mankind, and they want to reduce the level, which means that we aren't talking about natural death. We're talking about ways to preempt death so that death would come earlier to people. This is part of their goal. They say it, whether they mean to intentionally or not, 
And we need to realize these are the monsters who yeah. are calling the shots today. These are the decision makers. And one of their goals is to reduce Earth's population. That's a part of the World Economic Forum. That's part of these multi-billionaires. And so this is their agenda. They're just now being a little bit more forward about it and letting it slip. Michelle, you served in Congress 07 to 2015, and you saw a lot of shenanigans when you were in Congress. I don't think you saw the utter corruption of an administration, starting with the man on top, the corruption of the Biden family. Where do you see some of this going? What we're seeing presently almost diminishes to child's play, even some of the things the Clintons did. What we're seeing is shocking us more every day. The administration is run by lawlessness effectively yeah. every day. The decisions that they make, just the fact that the border is completely wide open, it's one of the biggest things that has happened in the last three years. The fact that seven million unvetted illegal aliens have entered the United States of America. This is an extremely dangerous proposition to allow people in from all over the world who are unvetted. It's an extremely expensive proposition, and it changes the United States forever. At major metropolitan areas across the United States are having to deal with this problem to the point that New York City Mayor Eric Adams has said, we can't take any more in New York City. That's New York City. They can't absorb any more. Clearly, the United States is overwhelmed, but lawlessness is the word that describes the Biden administration. And Jan, it's almost like they're taking their thumb and yeah. sticking it in the American people's eyes, as if to say, hey, we're doing whatever we want to do. We don't have to abide by the law. As a matter of fact, the Biden crime family, which we have hard evidence of the treasonous actions that they've taken to sell out the United States, to the communist Chinese, to the Ukrainians, to the Romanians. And it's as if to say the FBI doesn't care, the Department of Justice doesn't care, Congress doesn't even care. You might expect the Democrats in Congress wouldn't care because this is their political party in the White House, but even the Republicans, they're holding hearings, but what are they doing about this? So here the American people are without effective representation. We're held to the standard of the mm -hmm. law, but those who make the law are lawless. You said to me, however, privately, and I'm encouraging you to do so publicly, you feel Mr. Biden will get reelected in 2024. I believe that he will because I don't see the Democrat Party sweating. They have yeah. said that they don't intend to have any primary debates. They said they're going to run the campaign out of Joe Biden's home in Delaware. So conveniently, he won't have to leave his home. They all recognize that mentally he's gone and physically he's gone. They don't care. He is their perfect candidate yeah. for president. They want the world to see the United States as old, senile, and a failure. But they also know that Joe Biden will never push back on what they're doing with the United States. He doesn't have the mental capacity to. And so the people who are running our government, they get to be president. They get to do whatever they want, spend as much money as they want. And Joe Biden is the cardboard cutout who's the front man while they play behind the scenes. The people who despise America and want to destroy America from within. Real short clip here, Representative Ronnie Jackson of Texas. Here with reaction, former White House Chief of Staff Reince Priebus, Texas Congressman Ronnie Jackson. Welcome both of you. Congressman, I'll begin with you tonight. Uh, this has been a bombshell week 
When I say, uh, quoting John Dean, a cancer is surrounding a malignant one around the, the presidency of Joe Biden, am I wrong? Am I overstating that fact? You're not overstating that at all, Sean. And the, the evidence is just building exponentially. If you look at all the stuff that's out there right now, it is absolutely unbelievable how much stuff is out there. The picture has been fully painted. We know what's going on here. And I, I, I find it encouraging that we have uh, aggressive members uh, in these committees that are looking into this, an aggressive chairman on oversight and judiciary and ways and means are looking into a variety of issues. All paths lead back to Joe Biden via Hunter Biden, every single one of them, and the Biden family and all the payoffs they've got. This is this is getting out of control. I'm telling you right now uh, that uh, it's going to get it's going to get tougher and tougher to get information initially, but it's the dam is going to break because I think that there are going to be a lot of FBI agents and other you know people in DOJ and that, that are going to be implicated that are going to be drawn into this. They've so aggressively covered up for the Biden family and their criminal activities that they're going to be also uh, criminally liable for some of the stuff that's going on here. So they're going to have their own uh, incentive now to, to cover this stuff up. But what I will tell you is that documents are going to continue to leak out. Whistleblowers are going to continue to come forward. And I promise you, I'll just put this out as a member of Congress, that if you're part of the problem, if you're within one of these organizations and you know what's going on, come forward, tell us what's happening, because we will get to the truth. We will find out eventually. And it's better for us to find out via these whistleblowers and some of the people within our organization telling us than for us to have to find them because it's, you know, the cover up is always worse than the crime. And that's what we're going to see here. All the crimes are pretty, are pretty horrendous here. Michelle, you're suggesting this is going nowhere then. Well, it's going nowhere now. We just recently heard Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy say to the press corps, maybe we'll have hearings this fall that are like Richard Nixon in the early 1970s, and then we'll hold more hearings on Joe Biden. Well, so what? That will be one year before the election. Congress can't prosecute. That's not within their purview. They can have oversight. I understand that they will put more information out. I would agree with Ronnie Jackson of Texas, the member of Congress, that we have all the evidence we need. As a matter of fact, former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani, said when he was a United States prosecutor and he took down the five mafia crime families of New York City, he said there is more evidence available today of the crime family of the Bidens than there was of the mafia families. Wow. And nothing has happened. The FBI has a curious lack of curiosity. Yeah. The DOJ will do nothing. As a matter of fact, the Department of Justice has been key in covering up on behalf of the Bidens. I don't see anything happening, unfortunately. I'm not trying to be cynical. It's just that if we can't see this now, when will we see it? Because we have ample evidence. And this thing that is really sick is that the evidence goes directly to Joe Biden. It isn't just Hunter Biden. We had an IRS whistleblower who said the big guy who got 10% is Joe Biden. So we have ample evidence. We have more than probable cause. The fact that the FBI has done nothing tells us where this is going. There's no U.S. attorney that has taken this case up. And yet you have Donald Trump, who keeps having lawsuit after lawsuit filed against him for things that are beyond the statute of limitations, that are bogus. All we hear about are the lawsuits against Donald Trump to keep him out of running for the White House. While Joe Biden, there is ample evidence and mums the word. It's like a clothespin is on the mouth of the FBI, and there's eye blinders on the Department of Justice. The fact that Kevin McCarthy isn't holding hearings today, if you're serious about this, you would start your hearings now 
but I don't see that there's anything that's going to come of this because, Jan, that will be too close to the next election. Sure. I don't see the Republicans wanting to recommend an indictment. Yes. If this was Nancy Pelosi, she would have impeached Joe Biden twice by now, just like she did for Donald Trump on the basis of no evidence. But this isn't Nancy Pelosi. This is Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans. And I just don't see them actively doing much about this. If you join me late, you're listening to Understanding the Times Radio, Jan Markell, I have in studio Michelle Bachman. You hear her on this program several times a year with updates and insights. Michelle, you were with me last April. You were planning on attending the World Health Organization gathering in Geneva. That would have been the last week of May of this year. And there they would plan a system of global government centered around health care. I have tackled this topic numerous times on this program with two or three different guests, including Bill Koenig most recently and Alex Newman as well. You went to the WHO in Geneva again last week of May of this year. There were some intercessors you went with. First of all, tell me what you saw, because nations are going to give up the ability to call a health emergency. They're going to give this up to the WHO, the World Health Organization. By the way, nobody from our Congress was there in Geneva a few months ago. What did you see? I didn't see anyone from conservative organizations. I didn't see anyone from conservative media outlets mm -hmm. or mainstream media outlets. And I saw no members of the United States House or the Senate. I was the only person there, you might say, who is a civilian from the outside who was attending. I'm grateful that I went. And I went because the foreign minister of Indonesia said the prior November that amendments would be passed in May at the Global World Health Assembly. And that would then change the World Health Organization so they would have the power to declare a public health emergency of international concern. What allowed the United States government to have power over us to be able to declare lockdowns and shut down businesses and schools and mandate masks and mandate vaccines was the power of declaring an emergency. The United States lived under emergency status for almost three years until May 11th of 2023 when the emergency status was lifted. Now all of these nations are coming together, as you say, to empower the World Health Organization to do to the entire globe, yes. declare a global health emergency. And then they would be empowered to declare and force lockdowns and mask mandates and vaccines and digital gulags. So that's why I wanted to be there. So what I saw was this. I saw no dispute from any of the 194 nations. I had watched the prior year's global health assembly. There were legitimate debates and legitimate disputes. But I was there walking in the halls. There was no dispute. This cake was pre-baked. Everyone had agreed that the proposed 307 amendments were going to be worked on. They were very vague, but they were going to be worked on by a committee. The Global Pandemic Treaty, which they call various names, that was also going to be kicked to a committee in vague terms. But what they did agree in was the content, the strategy, and the timeline. So they agreed that these two documents, the 307 amendments to the International Health Rules and the Global Pandemic Treaty, would be synthesized into one document. And one year later, in May of 2024, the nations would come in and they would rubber stamp this legalization of voluntarily having all 194 nations on Earth 
give up the power to declare a global health emergency to the United Nations through the World Health Organization. This is profound because what this creates is the opportunity for global government and yeah. global government then would be administered through the United Nations, through the World Health Organizations, and we would lose national sovereignty. Now, if you talk to Congress, they don't understand it, but this is going to be done absent a miracle in May of 2024. But what I would say, Jan, is we're already starting the process of implementing global government and operationalizing global government, because I was shocked. I left Geneva knowing what the timeline was that this is going to happen absent any disagreement from any country and no one disagreed. So without any disagreement, this will be done in May of 2024. But I was shocked when I returned to America and I read a bombshell press release from Europe and it was the 80 European countries of the EU, European Union, together with the World Health Organization announcing that the World Health Organization would administer and control Europe's global digital passport, which if you think of a QR code on your phone, that's what global government looks like. It's a QR code with an individual digital identity and some organization or governance, it will be the World Health Organization. They will determine if you are able to buy, sell, move on transportation, in other words, conduct your life. And I was shocked because in this press release that I read for Europe, it said that this will be effective June of 2023. Well, that's when they put the press release out. So global government is being implemented and operationalized now as of June of 2023 in the nearly 80 countries of Europe. Europe is about the same level of the US economy and about the same size. So this is being implemented today in Europe and in various places across the world. They're starting to put this into effect. So they aren't waiting for right. May of 2024 to have legalization. These are lawless people. They're going ahead and implementing global government now. That's breathtaking, Michelle. This is going to control health care. This is going to control travel. Yes. It's going to control what we cannot buy or sell. And again, this is leaping out of the book of Revelation, particularly Revelation 13, that talks about this coming global government. It's going to be a global digital ID system. First, you have the digital ID system, is my understanding, before you have global digital money, or even just plain digital money in America that would be preceded by a global digital ID system, which is what we're talking about here. Yes, as I said, in Europe, this was already beta tested yes. during the three years of COVID. So this is what's bizarre. Europe already had the system. They were already using this system during COVID. Well, we don't have a COVID health emergency right now. The pandemic is over. So why in the world would the World Health Organization run Europe's system? if they weren't envisioning that global government would be run through the UN and the World Health Organization. I had the occasion to be in Europe in July, and I had prior to that seen this bombshell report that in June of 2023, Europe was implementing the global digital ID in order to buy, sell, and access. 
Well, I got a video clip of a businessman who was visiting London, and he went into an Aldi's to buy food during his extended stay, and he wasn't able to get in and buy food without a digital ID. So this was in June of 23, coinciding exactly with what the press release said. So look at this. You're in London. You're on a business trip. You're staying in Greenwich, and you want to buy some food. So you're going to the local oldies, like this one, and you think, I'm going to go in here and buy some food so that I can feed myself. And then you approach the barrier, and look, you can't even get in the shop without having a QR code to scan here, or to scan here, and then you can go in and buy things. Now this looks to me like the beginning stages of the digital prison that we keep talking about. What do you think? What do we think? Digital prison. This is exactly what that press release said was coming to the people of Europe and our mutual friend Leo Holman yeah. sent both of us the story of a fellow who lives in Denmark and he had said as well, you have to have a digital ID now in Denmark, you can't buy anything online. Every purchase has to be verified by a digital ID. You can't have a phone number anymore without a digital ID. So think of your cell phone. All accounts were canceled and shut down in Denmark through Danish Telecom until you got a digital ID. You couldn't access a bank account now in Denmark. You can't pay your bills in cash. You have to pay all your bills through the bank. You can't even book a doctor's appointment. You can't access your health insurance without a digital ID. Literally overnight, you can't buy a new car or buy or sell property in Denmark. You can't apply to a school or education without a digital ID. You can't get on public transportation. His final comment was, it's becoming a living hell very fast in Denmark. And that's if you want to avoid living with a digital ID. So there was no permission requested. There was no informed consent, Jan. This was just imposed on the people of Europe overnight. No questions, no permission. It is administered by the WHO, the World Health Organization. And so I wondered, because I had to make a pre-scheduled trip to Europe in July, I went, and I saw this when I arrived in Italy. I was in Venice. And I had to use facial recognition. In fact, I was put in like a little glass case. I had to enter it with my passport. There was no permission asked. There's no informed consent. I was told to look into like a mirror and they did my facial recognition. And I could not get into the country unless they took the facial recognition without my permission. They just did it. And that's how I got into Italy. And then the same happened when I left Italy. I had to have facial recognition, but it also happened I had to speak on a cruise for an event to even get on the cruise ship. Again, they didn't ask permission. You just had to go stand in front of a machine so that facial recognition could happen. And from there, I went to Croatia, Montenegro, Greece, and that was the situation. They weren't as far along in implementation in the former communist countries but nonetheless, it was still there. So this is operational in Europe. Yes, thank you. Michelle, this is you speaking with Tim Moore on the Christ and Prophecy TV program. It won't be a year from now. Our lives will be completely upended, absent a miracle or an intervening hand from the Lord. 
we're looking at, at less than a year at this point of having this full digital passport enforced and actually um, out in play for everyone in the world. So they, it's envisioned, it's created, it's a matter of getting everyone on board. And when you look at the 307 proposed amendments to the international health rules and the global pandemic treaty, both of them um, mandate compliance by member states. They talk about how they, member, they mandate compliance, but they also talk about how uh, they have committees to stop anybody from talking about this. And it's really shocking when you think the mainstream media hasn't talked about this, the cable media hasn't, the social media hasn't been talking about this, and yet through alternative media sources like yourselves, really more than half of the people don't trust the system. They know something about this just through alternative media. That's why the, the global amendments and the pandemic treaty envision shutting down even alternative media. Everyone has to be in compliance with the message given out by global government. And that will be within the year that they'll start on these restrictions on speech. And so that's why use, use our speech as long as we can. You want to comment on that, Michelle? Yes, I have read the 307 proposed amendments to the International Health Rules and I've read the proposed Global Pandemic Treaty. A big key feature of this is what the World Health Organization terms misinformation, malinformation, disinformation. Mm -hmm. They disallow it. It is outlawed. And only the message that is given out by the government source will be allowed. We saw the wars with that over the last three years. There was an attempt through the social media to throw people off of social media for disagreeing with the government narrative. Now, rather than just in the United States, a controlling of speech, now we're going to see this go global. And when I say that we will see this within a year, I didn't realize how accurate that was yeah. because this interview that you just played, I did that interview a month before I went to Geneva so it was a month after I came back from Geneva that we saw Europe adopt this yeah. in June, not a month, two weeks after I came back, they already implemented it. You and I spoke earlier off air that I had read articles that Ethiopia has agreed to implement the global digital ID connected to biometric data for every individual in Ethiopia and then to combine it with global digital currency. They're planning to do that within a year in Ethiopia. South Africa was given $8.5 billion. They were bought off to go with global digital ID and then also they'll be going with a global digital currency because first of all, every person has to have a digital ID and then from there, digital currency is built upon that, digital medical records is built upon that, digital banking is built upon that. So our lives will be digital, but what people need to know, not to have people fear, but just to say this is around the corner. We could wake up tomorrow and there would be a press release from Joe Biden announcing that we are cooperating with the World Health Organization, and so now everyone will have to have a digital ID. We don't know if that's how it will be done, the way that Europe announced it. It just may be that Amazon may announce that all orders will have to be through digital currency or through a digital ID in order to be able to order something. Or maybe the airlines will say that, or maybe our health insurance company will say that. 
It may be that corporations mandate this in the United States. We don't know. All I think that the listeners need to understand is that global government is here. It is being operationalized across Europe. Parts of Africa are already agreeing to global government. And as the foreign minister of Indonesia said last November, the G20 is on board. Well, the United States is the number one nation of the G20. And so that means that our government has already agreed to be on board. Canada has agreed to be on board. We can fully expect that we won't be asked permission. This will just roll out as it's rolled out across Europe and other parts of the world. And it isn't a year, it is starting now. And so we just need to be aware that this is coming. When I get back, we've got more to talk about in this genre that we've been discussing, global digital ID, digital money, the coming one world system. I think the question is, will believers be here for global government? That is implemented from around the world. Will we be here to see this implemented? I don't think so. I think Lord will have taken believers home in what's known as the rapture of the church, but we don't know that. We'll talk about it in just a moment or two. Don't go away. So let's have a digital health certificate acknowledged by WHO. If you have been vaccinated or tested properly, then you can move around. So for the next pandemic, instead of stopping the movement of the people 100%, which clogged the economy globally, you know, you can still provide some movement of the people. Indonesia has achieved, G20 country has agreed to have this digital certificate using WHO standard, and we will submit into the next the, uh, World Health Assembly in Geneva as the revision to international health regulation. So hopefully for the next pandemic, we can still see some movement of the people, some movement of the goods, and movement of the economy. Welcome back. That was the foreign minister of Indonesia talking about QR code that's going to be assigned to people, talking about preparation for the next pandemic. This was at the B20 meeting in Bali. So this is casual conversation to talk about the coming digital ID, the coming digital currency. What it amounts to is a digital prison in the worst case scenario. Say just a couple of quick announcements here. We're just off of our August 3rd Understanding the Times meeting with Jeff Kinley. We do have a DVD of that event. If it's not in my online store as I speak, it's going to be in the online store in the next two, three days. Olivetreeviews.org, olivetreeviews.org, and go to our online store. God's grand finale, that's what we talked about that evening. Mark Henry and yours truly co-hosts with our special guest, Jeff Kinley. You can watch it at no cost, olivetreeviews.org, and go to video or call my office, $10 DVD if you'd like to just have a hard copy. God's grand finale, how soon? That was our discussion about some of the events of the book of Revelation. And Michelle, we must slip in here because of its importance. You're about to launch your fifth fall session for prayer and fasting. I'm going to tell folks how they can be a part of it, but describe what it is that you're actually leading. This just gives such great joy and great hope at this time. This is something that has been a part of the biblical calendar mm. from the very beginning. 
The prophets would fast and pray 40 days a year. If you look, even Jesus, John the Baptist, if you look in the Old Testament characters, they fasted and prayed for 40 days during the year, and it was called teshuva. It means to return to the Lord, and it's a first fruits, a harvest. So as we set the year aright, if you think of like an academic calendar, that's what teshuva means, to return to the Lord. The Lord is so good. He knows that we get busy, but this time is set apart for us to focus on him. This will be my fifth year. It'll be my third year through Regent University where we host. It's free. We invite everyone to participate. It is a half hour every day. It is 10 o'clock Eastern time, and we are on the line together, and we go through scripture, and we have a beginning teaching on returning to the Lord, and then we open it up for prayer, and then we encourage everyone to fast. And it brings us to a wonderful place of focusing our thoughts, our hearts, our spirits on the things of the Father. And this year, we will be focusing in the book of Psalms 90 through the early 100s, those chapters, on who God is, his majesty, his greatness, but also his promises. I've been focusing on that early this summer. I was shocked to read in the Psalms how many times is it's focusing on the Lord and his promises. It says he is coming. And I think, Jan, is we've been talking about the certainty of the events that are in front of us. For years, you've been a faithful watchman, bringing so many people onto your show to explain what the Bible says about the last days. We're, we're in it now. In As I just told on this show today, global government is operational. It is actually rolled out. It's being practiced now. It isn't thoroughly put in place, but it is operational. Knowing that, that tells us what the Bible predicts is true and is happening. It also points to God's time clock, that we are so close to his coming, that world government is a real thing. So because of knowing that, that doesn't lead us to despair. It leads us to what does the word say about what will happen to the believers? The believers will be rescued from God's wrath in the rapture. That's why we want to focus in this teshuva, this 40 days of prayer and fasting, the first fruits for this upcoming year. As we see global government a reality, digital ID on our phones, digitally taking over all of Europe and various other countries. What that tells us then is that knowing that it's here, that means Jesus hmm. is at the door. So how does Jesus find us at the door? Sniveling, whimpering, in fear, that would be a shameful thing because he's coming to rescue us because he doesn't abandon his people. So we want to have him find us focused on his wonderful face, that yeah. we are focusing on his majesty, his power, his promises, because he is coming. As the Bible says, he will not abandon us. So I want to invite everyone in this audience to join me at Regent University for the 40 days of prayer and fasting. We will end on Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the year on the biblical calendar. But we will begin August 16th, and everyone is welcome to sign up. We'll give you the link. It'll be live. This is interactive. I'll pray. You'll pray. And we will seek the Lord together for these 40 days. And I guarantee 
by the end of this 40 days, our spirits will be revived, filled with hope. Why? Because we're not looking at ourselves. We're looking full in the promises and in the character and attributes of the holy God who made us and who is coming for us. Here's how you get more information, folks. You can email rsgdeansoffice at regent.edu. I'll give that again. RSG stands for Robertson School of Government. rsgdeansoffice at regent.edu. Again, the time frame, August 16th through September 24th for 40 days prayer and fasting. And again, Michelle, fasting, they can fast off sweets. However God leads them. You know, obviously it has to be in consultation with your doctor. And this isn't meant to condemn anybody in any way. This is an opportunity to draw close to the Lord and give him the first fruits of our life and dedicate this next year to him. As you look at the events that Jan and I have spoken about, it isn't futuristic, it's reality, and it's right now. So this tells us Jesus is even now at the door. So that's why we want to focus on him, on his soon coming. And as we do that, we want to think about him, his nature, his character. We will be with him for all of eternity. As the hymn says, we look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth grow strangely dim. So we're still in the world but we're not of it. We're focusing on him. And I've already had people emailing me, Jan, saying they can't wait to rejoin Teshuva this year because of the joy and encouragement that it brings in the heart of the believer. And again, RSG, which stands for Robertson School of Government, RSG, Deans with an S, office at regent.edu. Michelle, what we're really watching, and I'm going back to more of the ominousness of what Mm -hmm. we've been talking Mm -hmm. about, we're really watching the infrastructure of the Antichrist being built. Yes, that's right. And again, the question is, will believers see some of this? Well, believers will not see the Antichrist, folks. I can guarantee you that. I'm going to do a program defending the pre-trib rapture here in the next three, four weeks. I'm trying to set that up as we speak. These globalists that we've been discussing, and again, who are they? Bill Gates, George Soros, mm-hmm. Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff mm-hmm. Bezos. It's another two the dozen. World Economic two, Forum. Klaus Schwab, yeah. Yuval Noah Harari, WEF, EU, United Nations, go on and on, trying to establish the infrastructure for the Antichrist with one thing in mind, global, and they may not know what they're doing. I don't think they do. Yeah. I think they think that this is for the benefit of all mankind, what they have in their head. We know it's just the opposite. And even going back to this World Health Organization, our own Health and Human Service Secretary, Javier Becerra, said he actually wants more surveillance of Americans and their health care. The mindset of the powers that be and probably even some in both sides of the aisle, is more surveillance, yes. more global domination, the ID system that has to be installed, which is going to precede the global money system. I'm overwhelmed as I cover some of these topics on a weekly basis, how the infrastructure of the Antichrist, we could have looked at this maybe 40 years ago. Michelle, you and I were watching mm-hmm. the Times. Yes. No comparison to what we've seen no, in the last no. seven, eight years. No, it's exactly what the Bible says with yeah. birth pangs. Birth and pangs. birth pangs are the metaphor for how events will look to those of us on this earth in the last days. 
that the frequency of these very strange yeah. end time events and the intensity comes together. That's exactly where we are now. They're very frequent. It's almost the absence of a rest because these events are happening so fast and then also they're very intense. When I was in Geneva, one thing that really shocked me, we've heard a lot about global warming and the climate change phenomena. John Kerry is the climate change czar under the Joe Biden administration. And here, lo and behold, out of nowhere, John Kerry shows up at the World Health Organization. What in the world does the climate czar have to do at the World Health Organization when they're talking about governance? What did we find out during COVID? The most effective way to bring about the control of people mm. was through COVID and through declaring a public emergency. Well, John Kerry wasn't going to miss this. So he was given a prominent speaker role Tuesday afternoon, and he made this weird statement. He said, I never understood until my daughter told me that climate change is the problem for all of healthcare. So if you want to look at the number one problem in healthcare in the world today, the problem is climate change. Climate change is causing ill health. So we're not looking anymore at viruses or diseases. Now we're going to be looking at climate change. And you're looking at this and you have whiplash with your head. Yes. Are you serious? And then Tedros Gebracious, who is the director general of the World Health Organization, he goes to the microphone and says, oh yes, we are completely reorienting the World Health Organization to focus on climate change. And then lo and behold, after John Kerry, they invited the guy who's in charge of COP28. They keep having meeting after meeting to force climate change on the world. Now, why is climate change such a big issue? It's because since the late 1960s, early 1970s, the UN has been trying to scare the world into thinking that what's going to kill us all is climate change. So we all have to give up power and money to the UN so we don't all die due to climate change. The World Health Organization is the vehicle that is bringing about the digital ID and bringing about global control but these climate change people have been at this for 50 years. They're not going to miss this. And so they're jumping at the front of the train and they're insisting that climate change and global temperatures are the real problem. And that's why we have to be surveilled. That's why we have to have a digital ID. We will have to be monitored for how much energy we use, what our carbon footprint is. John Kerry can fly around in a private plane, doesn't matter. But you and I might not be able to eat a hamburger and we might not be able to drive our car to the grocery store because we're the ones who are killing the planet. It is literally the scripture where we are focused on the creation and not the creator. Yes. And the very first covenant in the Bible under Noah, God promised in that covenant, as long as there is seed time and harvest, winter and summer, I will never again flood the earth. And what do these climate people say? Oh, the seas are going to rise and we're all going to die. God said, this is never going to happen. Until I come again, you will not have to worry about climate and about the weather. God has this. This is one of the biggest lies that's being perpetrated. It is amazing how predictive and accurate the Bible is. Climate change is a pretext for the digital ID 
and for 24-7 surveillance of everything we do in the world. This is one more indicator, Jan, that Jesus is right at the door. So that's why this is our opportunity to focus on him. And as the birth pangs come closer and more intense, all this tells us is that he's at the door. So we rejoice. We say, Maranatha, the scripture is replete. I'm coming. I'm coming. So no fear. He is coming, beloved, to receive his own. What we've talked about here for the first three-fourths of the program, Michelle, Michelle Bachman is my guest today, Jan Markell here on Understanding the Times Radio. Europe is really out of time for what we're talking about. They're snared in it. They're in the system. In fact, they're the revived Roman Empire. Yes. That's the other thing I saw in Geneva, yes. is that Julius Caesar made a name for himself in Geneva, Switzerland, and he conquered all of Europe from Geneva. Geneva is the epicenter of yeah. the revived Roman Empire, exactly as the Bible predicted. Geneva, Switzerland will be the seat of global government. It'll be administered. That's where you have the headquarters of the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, the UN. Their headquarters are there. And the revived Roman Empire will be that final global government. But the real prize is America. To collapse, yeah. yes. And once the United States of America collapses, you've got all of global government. But again, global government is here. It is being implemented today as we speak across Europe. And parts of Africa have given themselves over to it. China already has that system over the Chinese people. This is being put into place. We don't know how it will be put in place. But as the foreign minister of Indonesia said, the G20 is already on board. The 20 largest economies of the world are already on board with digital ID. We may see it come to America through corporations mandating our use of it, maybe through our government, but it's coming. And I would say within the year here in America, we will see the evidence of it being put into place, maybe through banking, but it's coming. And again, that's not for us to fear and it isn't that we can necessarily avoid being in the system because it's a net that's being laid out for everyone. That's why we have to be close to the Lord, close to the local body of Christ, and we need to be marching in accordance with the Lord's timetable. I'm just transitioning a little bit here in the interest of time. You and I are very concerned that we have a current administration, troubling to be sure, corrupt to the core indeed, but bitterly, bitterly anti-Israel. And who's actually moving right, the players? I forgot about the, the beginning of the, the, the video. And if you want to watch the rest of it, you can go to it because she goes into some other stuff. But the part I wanted you guys to see tonight was the digital currency, um, the QR codes, and what's going on in Europe and how it's coming here. So 